welcome to Stonebridge Online Worship. My name is Stephanie Leedy, Director of Children's and Family Ministry. Today in worship, we celebrate the newness of God. So let's begin with these words from Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 through 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is God's faithfulness. Again, welcome to worship. Welcome to Stonebridge Online. Feel free to pause the video during these announcements in order to grab all the information you may need. During this time of worshiping virtually, it's important to continue contributing to the ongoing ministry of Stonebridge. Here are the ways in which you can give. You can give online through our website at stonebridgecme.com, click on online giving. You can give through your bank's bill pay option, or you can give by mail. If you'd like business reply offering envelopes sent to you, please contact the church office. Simi Valley Samaritan Center serves the homeless and the most disenfranchised in our community. For everyone's health and safety, the Samaritan Center has discontinued its free nightly dinners. Instead, they're asking for five and $10 gift card donations to restaurants like Subway, Carl's Jr., Tommy's Burger, and Taco Bell. Every evening, gift cards are distributed to those in need. You can help by purchasing gift cards and sending them to Stonebridge. On behalf of our church, we'll make sure the cards are delivered safely. If you have a hurt, habit, or hang-up that's keeping you from a joyful and productive life, perhaps Stonebridge Christian Recovery is for you. Meetings are now online every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Send an email to Barbara Waite to get registered. We would love to know that you're participating in worship. Continue to share your news, prayers, and praises by emailing prayers at stonebridgecme.com. Or if you're following along in version, please take the time to fill out the e-connection card. You are an important part of Stonebridge's community of faith. Once again, welcome to online worship. Hey, everybody. It's great to be with you. You know, um, I know these are difficult times for, uh, for many of us. There's a lot going on. And if you're on uh, Facebook for five seconds uh, recently, you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of craziness, a lot of division, a lot of, a lot of stuff like that. But um, the thing that we need to hold on to is that Jesus is on the throne of heaven, that God's in control. And during those times, you know, when, um, when things are at their hardest, um, God can do amazing things uh, through his people and through, by his spirit. So let's pray that, um, that God would use us, and let's continue to pray that every day, and let's look for those opportunities. And one of the ways that we can honor God right now as we prepare for the mission that he has for all of us to go into the world and share his love is to worship him. Let's worship God.
Hello. Our scripture reading today comes from Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, How is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth onto an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. No one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. This is God's word to us today. Hello, Stonebridge. Wow, it was great to be with you last weekend as we uh, did the drive-through communion. And while I was here, uh, I took the opportunity to record here in the sanctuary. And I thought maybe I would show you the sanctuary. Uh, I know that uh, most of us haven't been here for a long time, and maybe you want to take a look at it and just see that, yeah, it's still here, uh, still empty, but... Um, we're all still meeting at home and seeing each other when we can at uh, communion and things like that. So, uh, as I say, it was just terrific to see you all. Hey, I looked myself up on the internet uh, this week because I have that kind of time. And uh, I had uh, 38,000 hits. Uh, my name came up evidently 38,000 times. Now, to be honest, uh, a lot of them were uh, pictures like this one, which you can see has very little to do with me. Uh, I'm not the boy in the picture, and I'm not the elephant. But anyway, if uh, you were to look me up, you would see maybe 38,000 opportunities. Well, uh, I then looked up this phrase, Searching for God during difficult times. Uh, and this isn't asking the question, why do bad things happen, uh, or things like that, which is also a very good question. But this is uh, just searching for God in difficult times. Uh, and uh, it's more the question of how do we stay close to God? Uh, how do we hear his voice? How do we know that we're in his will, especially during challenging times like this? Do you know, there were two and a quarter billion responses to that question. There's a lot of people looking for the answer to that question. In fact, people have been uh, trying to answer the question, how do we stay close to God for all of human history? And there are many methods, and uh, we are looking at a text today that actually addresses two of the most popular methods to answer that question, how do we stay close to God, both of which are wrong. And then, uh, because uh, of Jesus talking about it, we can deduce from him what he would say the correct method for staying close to God is. 
And the first way we see people being connected to God, seeking to stay close to him, is by holding tight to their traditional methods for practicing their religion. They evaluate themselves and others according to how well people perform uh, or live according to these methods that their faith has established. And um, Jesus called out this habit multiple times. And we read in Matthew 23, uh, where he points out this is not an appropriate uh, method uh, or, or, or means for staying close to God. In Matthew chapter 23, he gets particularly frustrated with Pharisees, you know, those, uh, what we call them a week ago, normal churchgoers who have a lot of faith, um, but they focus uh, so much of their energy on external uh, processes rather than internal transformation. And Jesus said this to them, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. So you too outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Wow, what an indictment. And I think that just about sums it up. And our text has a, a less uh, offensive version of that same method, uh, the method of tracking religious effort rather than the spiritual connection with God. And we get that from Mark uh, chapter 2, verses 18 to 20. It says, Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came to Jesus uh, and asked Jesus, How is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, How can the guest of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? They cannot so long as he uh, is with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. We can say some positive things about uh, these people who are challenging Jesus. First, they are religious, and they take uh, their, uh, the issue of their faith very seriously. Uh, they want to be close to God and they follow established methods that their faith has taught them. Uh, but they've made the method more important than the connecting with God. With Jesus right there, where they could be engaged with him, they instead spend their time questioning him, even challenging him. Why isn't he following their methods? rather than realizing that he could bring them closer to God. It's as if they have a desire, even a thirst for God, but they seem to care more about the method than the outcome. Which brings us to our first point, and it's this. The thirstier we are for God, the less concerned we are with religious methods. The thirstier we are for God, the less concerned we are with religious methods. And this is a far more relevant question today than maybe it was even six months ago. Uh, six months ago, our traditional method of staying close to God was going to church. Now, six months later, we have to ask the question, are we so thirsty for God that we're willing to watch the same church service online when we can't go to church? 
How thirsty does someone have to be before they don't care about what kind of container they're drinking out of? When you stop to think about it, the less thirsty we are, the more concerned we are with the container that we're drinking out of. I mean, imagine if when, when you're really, really thirsty, like, like walking through the desert kind of thirst. You don't care what you drank. If there was water, you would drink it out of anything. In fact, we drink it out of our cupped hands and we stick our face in a pool of water, anything to get that water into us when we're thirsty for it. But now contrast that with, you know, going to a dinner party and they're serving wine and iced tea and coffee. Well, at that party, the host and hostess, as well as the guests, they are going to be really concerned that that water goblet matches all the rest of the tableware, even though maybe half the people will never take a sip out of water. Uh, the less thirsty we are, the more concerned we are with what we're drinking out of. And the more thirsty we are for God, the less concerned we are with the containers that we find him in or the methods we use to reach out to him. Leaving water behind, uh, we can examine how thirsty we are for God by looking at our own uh, Stonebridge methods. We did this uh, drive-through communion last week. Now, I just want you to imagine for a minute if any time last year we made an announcement that said, we're going to be shutting down all of our services for just one weekend, and instead we're going to invite you to come to something we're calling drive-through communion. And we're going to invite you to drive your cars into our parking lot when it's, a, when it's 95 degrees outside, and you're going to drive through, and you're going to drive up to people who are wearing masks and hats, and you won't recognize them, and they're going to hand you these little cups of juice with a wafer on top of it that tastes more like styrofoam than it does bread. And you're going to try to get that open, and probably half of you are going to spill it uh, before you get a chance to drink it. And then we're going to ask you to drive on out. No sermon, no getting together, uh, nothing like that. I mean, seriously, wouldn't you say, what are our church leaders thinking what have they been smoking? We, that's the craziest idea we've ever heard of. But now, just last weekend, oh, it was fantastic. We did those exact same things, but we weren't, uh, we weren't just okay with it. We were grateful for it, thankful to be able to see one another and connect with each other because we were thirsty for connection with each other and with God. It makes all the difference in the world how thirsty we are, doesn't it? The thirstier we are for God, the less concerned we are with our religious methods. Uh, let's go back to our verse. Jesus was there living and teaching among the people. You could follow him. You could watch him. You could listen to him. But some folks, instead of being so thirsty for God that they thought that this was the greatest opportunity of a lifetime, 
Instead, they just focused on one spiritual container, fasting. And fasting is a good way for people to connect with God. But these people said that their container was good enough for the followers of John and for the followers of the Pharisees. So Jesus, why aren't your followers using our method? And honestly, Jesus is kind of, his response was, because I'm here. As long as I'm here, pay attention to me. Focus on me. I can, I can show you the way to God. When I'm gone, sure, some of my followers will probably be fasting. But right now, they've got me. So it asks the question to us, how thirsty are we for God? With COVID, when we can't go to church or sing or take communion, we have a unique chance to find out how important our containers are. In church today, our containers usually take the forms of styles of music and how long the sermons are and um, the formality or informality of prayers and other readings. Change to any of these kinds of things can feel traumatic. I was in a church where uh, we had a one-hour service, uh, a lot of hymns and traditional music, uh, but the preacher was trying to preach to a younger uh, audience, and we were trying to reach young 